Today, we'll be speaking with Matthew Ringenberg. He'll get us started with an introduction about himself, and then we'll jump to the talk about the Federal Reserve's actions in response to the COVID-19 pandemic and secondary market liquidity. Enjoy. My name is Matt Ringenberg. I'm a finance professor at the University of Utah, and most of my research studies the ways in which uh, traders in financial markets impact both financial markets, but also the economy more broadly. Uh, and so a lot of what I do is I study the ways in which regulatory policies, the actions of traders, um, the way markets are set up, uh, impact the world. What is the Federal Reserve Secondary Market Corporate Credit Facility? Well, to answer that, let me just give a little bit of background. I want everyone to kind of think back to February and March of 2020. So if you guys remember when we first learned about COVID, uh, there was a lot of uncertainty about what the implications of COVID would be. And almost any time there's uncertainty, it leads to turmoil in financial markets. And so financial markets were severely disrupted when we first started thinking about COVID. Uh, in fact, on March, uh, I think it was March 16th of 2020, the S&P 500 dropped 12% in one day. So in response to all of this market turmoil, the Federal Reserve announced a number of policies designed to both help the economy, but also to help support financial markets. And one of those policies, they, they announced quite a few different policies, but one of those policies was called the Secondary Market Corporate Credit Facility. Uh, and if you look at this, um, in many ways, I think it was an absolutely extraordinary policy because it involved things that no regulator in the U.S. had ever done, uh, that the Federal Reserve had never done. Uh, basically, what they did is they announced that the Federal Reserve would go and buy corporate bonds and bond ETFs in the secondary market. And can you talk about what second market liquidity is? and how this is important to the overall functioning of capital markets. So let me say a little bit about what I mean when I say secondary markets, because I think this is why what the Federal Reserve did was so extraordinary. When we talk about capital markets, we generally think that capital markets exist, at least in large part, to help allocate capital to productive uses in the economy. And so for that reason, we, we think financial markets are incredibly important. But when you actually look at the way markets are structured, we have what is called a primary market and what is called a secondary market. Now, the primary market is the place in which securities are created and sold for the first time. So if I run a widget manufacturing firm and I decide I need to raise money, I might hire an investment bank and I might say, issue some bonds for me. When they first sell those bonds, the first time anyone buys them, the investment bank will give a bond certificate and the investor will give money and that money will flow straight into the firm. And that's what we call a primary market. So in primary markets, firms basically raise capital. But secondary markets are what happens next. After a bond or a stock is first created, it might change hands regularly between investors. And that's what we call a secondary market. Now, the reason why I think what the Federal Reserve did was extraordinary is they decided they would buy bonds in the secondary market in the hopes that that would improve the economy. And if you think about why this is interesting, the secondary market is not where firms actually raise money. And so in a sense, by doing this program, the Federal Reserve was making this statement that by making secondary markets function better, 
it would likely also lead to better primary markets, which would then allow firms to raise capital. And so that's why I thought this is a very extraordinary policy. Uh, and so when I talk about this idea of secondary market liquidity, liquidity generally re refers to the idea of how easy is it to sell an asset and get its fair value in cash. And so by buying bonds in the secondary market, the Federal Reserve tried to improve liquidity for corporate bonds in the secondary market. And one of the things I've studied then is what are the implications of that? And can you touch on the impact that the establishment of this policy had on the economy, specifically following the COVID-19 pandemic? So I think there are a number of ways in which changing secondary market liquidity could matter. And so let me talk real quickly about the way you might think it matters. So I always ask my students, why do we have financial markets? And then after a 10 second awkward pause, someone almost always raises their hand and says, well, they you know, help firms raise money. And I say, completely agree. And then I say something like, but every day after the firm raises money, these securities change hands. How does that matter for the economy? And students usually think for a little bit. And then someone almost always offers some answer of the form. Well, if I could not have a liquid market for my investments, I wouldn't buy them in the first place. And so then there's this idea that the reason why secondary market liquidity is so important is because if there were no secondary market liquidity, nobody would ever invest in the primary market and firms wouldn't be able to raise capital. So we think then that the secondary market is super important and we think that the liquidity is important. But to date, there's been very little research on just how important that is. And so what we wanted to do in our paper was understand how this Fed program whether A, whether it changed liquidity, and B, whether that then mattered for the economy. And if you think about how it might matter, well, that theoretical mechanism is if the Fed can improve liquidity in secondary markets, it might allow firms to raise money more easily and potentially more cheaply in the primary market. And so they might change all sorts of behavior. They might invest differently. They might invest more, right? They might hire more employees or lay off fewer employees. They might open a new factory. They might produce more goods. And so we think then that by making secondary liquidity easier or better, uh, that it might actually spill over, impact primary market conditions, which then could change firm behavior. It could make firms invest more. It could make firms actually do more in labor markets, have more employees. And what was the actual effect? How did firms respond to the improved bond mar uh, secondary market liquidity? Well, so that's the thing we kind of check in my paper. A number of papers have looked at that first step. So they basically say the Fed said they were going to improve secondary market liquidity. Did it have that effect? And a number of papers show it did. So by buying bonds in the secondary market, the Fed made the secondary market for bonds function better and firms responded by issuing more debt. Uh, and that kind of all makes sense. What we do uniquely, uniquely in our paper is we then try to see well, what actually happens at the firm level in terms of how they invest? Do they do more or less R&D? Do they hire more or fewer employees? Do they have more layoffs? Uh, and do this, does the firm in general perform better as a result of this program? And so that's what we try to look at in our paper. Now, of course, what's really tricky is you want to connect secondary market liquidity to the actual firm behavior. 
and what you worry about here is that there are multiple reasons why secondary market liquidity might be related to firm behavior. Firms that just in general do better are going to have bonds that trade much more easily because investors have more confidence in the firm. And so the challenge for our paper was really trying to pin down what was the impact of the Fed's policy on firm behavior. And what we actually show is, um, while the Fed program did lead to firms issuing more debt, it didn't have a ton of effects on actual firm behavior in the economy. So in particular, we don't see that the firms that issued debt as a response to this program had more employees, right? They had the same level of layoffs as everyone else. They had the same level of hiring as everyone else. Similarly, we look at things like R&D. So how much are these firms investing in research and development? And for the most part, we see very little evidence that the firms changed their behavior as a result of this program. So they basically, they used this to raise a little bit of cash that provided a buffer, but they didn't use that money to invest. They didn't use that money to hire new employees or lay off fewer employees. Uh, and so for that reason, then our, our, our results kind of suggest that this program may not have had all of the intended consequences. And do you think that because of the circumstances of the COVID-19 pandemic, firms weren't trying to be risky and maybe hiring more workers, uh, increasing their expenditures in R&D. Rather, they just use this improved second market liquidity as an opportunity for them to create sort of like an insurance for their own firm. Is this more of what the situation says? Yeah, I mean, I, I think broadly speaking, that's kind of the interpretation we would take, right? And so there's another related question is, would we find the same results in a different circumstance, right? So what we basically find is the Fed bought bonds in the secondary market. That made that market function better. Firms responded by issuing more debt, but they didn't use this money to hire employees. They didn't use this money to do research and development. Mostly, they just kind of sat on this money as a liquidity buffer. And so then the question is, well, would, would that always be the case? And the answer is we're, we're not really sure. Uh, you can imagine a scenario where um, the Fed does a program like this and financial markets are in trouble, firms are having a hard time raising money, and if the firm had a lot of projects it wanted to do, and then you then made the market function better so that the firm could raise money, they would then invest in projects. In this case, it might just be that because of the particular circumstances of COVID, firms didn't want to hire no matter what. Right? Even if they had a ton of extra money, they weren't going to use it to hire. They weren't going to use it to expand operations. Uh, and so that's you know one of the caveats with our results. Can you talk about the current status of this policy? Is this something that's still going? If it was ended, when was it ended? Yeah, so it turns out the Fed announced this program on March 23rd of 2020. Uh, and then it, they actually only bought bonds and uh, a few ETFs for a couple of months. So the program, when it was initially announced, we weren't sure exactly how long it would last. But they really were only active in terms of purchasing things in the secondary market for a couple of months. By the end of 2020, they had basically ceased all purchasing activity. And if you actually look today, they've, they've largely unwound those positions. So they've been actually selling the assets that they bought. Um, so for that reason, we do see that the announcement of the program kind of helped markets calm down a little bit, um, but it doesn't look like it was that important for the Fed to be out there buying them long term. Can you touch on the real economic outcomes of this? You mentioned that firms are maybe 
not putting this new money that has been provided by second market liquidity. But what about the economy as a whole? Was this a boost to the economy? Or once again, although this there was this improved liquidity, did it not have that great of an impact on overall economic behavior? Well, I mean, I, I think I would try to take a, a kind of middle of the road response to this question. You know, it's not that this program did nothing. It's also not that this program did everything we wanted to, it, it to do. It, it, it kind of did a little bit for the economy. So in particular, we see that when the Fed started buying bonds, it improved the market condition, firms issued more debt, that allowed them to build up a cash buffer. And actually, one of the things we see in the data is a lot of the firms that had their bonds purchased ended up not just building up a cash buffer, but they ended up building up an inventory buffer too. So they produced more items and then kept them in inventory. And so in a weird way, that actually let those firms respond better to the economic boom that happened after COVID, right? So we all know there were these uh, supply chain shortages that made it hard for consumers to get goods. The firms that actually benefited the most from this Fed program actually did seem to have bigger inventories. And so they were better positioned to capitalize on the economic boom post-COVID. Um, but that having been said, if you look at a lot of the things that were stated goals of this program. Um, the Fed said they wanted to improve labor market outcomes. They wanted firms, I think, to invest more. And there we just don't see evidence that improving secondary market liquidity really mattered. What do the critics of this program or this policy have to say about it? Well, I mean, the Federal Reserve did quite a bit. And, and one thing I'm always kind of careful to say is it's always easy to critique policies ex post, right, to play the armchair quarterback. The Fed in this case really responded very quickly with very little advance notice. And so I do think there has been some critiques of this program that maybe this was not the wisest way to spend capital. Uh, and depending on whether you are an optimist or a pessimist, you, you might interpret our results either way. You know, the way I view them is this program did do something. Um, whether it was the best possible way to deploy the Federal Reserve's resources, I'm not sure. And I think we need to do more research on that dimension. Uh, but certainly the program did do something. It wasn't that it didn't accomplish anything. Were there any alternative options that have come out uh, publicly that the Federal Reserve was considering um, taking into place rather than this? Well, you know, the to the best of my knowledge, we don't know if the Federal Reserve considered any other policies and just chose not to take them. Um, but what we do know is that they actually announced quite a few other programs. Uh, and even, you know, basically since 2008, they've been very creative in trying to think about different ways to stimulate the economy and to stimulate financial markets. So people have talked about things like quantitative easing and, you know, different interest rate policies. Uh, so what I do think is interesting, and, and one of the things that I think probably the Federal Reserve should be, I don't know, praised for, is that they have shown a willingness to be creative lately. They have thought about all these different programs and tried to decide which ones work. Uh, and so I, that's where I view the role of academics as being very important, because the Federal Reserve is trying different policies, and our job is to try to figure out whether or not they work. Does this policy have any impact on inflation? I mean, that's a that's a tough question to answer. And so I think there's still quite a bit of disagreement on the macroeconomic side on what are the root causes of inflation right now. We all know that the supply chain 
crunches have, have contributed to that. Um, but there's disagreement about what sorts of other issues might have caused this. Uh, I do think that there's a subset of people who think that when the Federal Reserve expands its balance sheet and pumps money into the economy, that could lead to inflationary pressure. So, so you might, in that sense, say this policy could be related to it. That having been said, I have not heard anyone say that the secondary market corporate credit facility is one of the primary influencers of inflation. And personally, I just don't think it is. Um, not to say that it has a 0.0% impact, but I don't think it has a significant impact. And at least to date, I have not seen any real uh, evidence connecting the two ideas. Can you please go further into that? Because at least from my perspective, I see that if there is this improved second market liquidity, and this is encouraging more primary market transactions, that's wh wh why would that not be considered an inflationary effect if there's more deal making and more bond purchases that are pumping more money into the economy. And now these firms that have a greater cash buffer, and like you mentioned, following the economic boom, uh, they're more ready with greater inventory because of this cash buffer. So how would this not be considered an inflationary effect? Well, I, so here's where I think there's kind of a tricky thing. When we talk about things like prices, so inflation is a way of examining how quickly prices are increasing. When we talk about things like prices, they are the intersection of supply and demand. And so this is going to be a little bit overly simplistic, but often people will say inflation is the result of too much money chasing too few goods and services. In this particular case, the Federal Reserve's actions may have provided more money to firms, but if those firms used that money to produce more goods, and in some sense our evidence suggests that, then it may have actually had the opposite effect. It could have actually counteracted inflation by allowing these firms to produce more in order to make sure there was enough quantity of goods for the consumer. And so this is where I said it's I think it's a very tricky question to nail down the net effects of these things, because you could argue that this program changed both supply and demand. And as a result, it's not totally clear what the net effect is. Is this a policy that you think the Federal Reserve will consider in the future? Or will they consider something similar to this? Or do you think this will just be discarded from uh, any other crisis prevention situations? I mean, I think that's a fascinating question. So I guess the optimist in me hopes we don't have future financial crises. And so we'll just never need to look at this policy again. Uh, but of course, the realist in me suggests that chances are there will be a crisis again. And then we'll need to think about the optimal responses. Um, you know, I, like I said, I'm kind of on the fence. I, it's not that this policy did nothing. It did do something. I'm just not totally convinced that this is the best way for the Federal Reserve to try to intervene in markets. Um, so if I had to guess, I would guess they're they're less likely to do this in the future. Um, but again, I can't predict the future and I don't know who anyone who can. So it's really hard to say. We'll have to wait and see.